your host, Franco Vega, and I want to thank you for tuning in to the Right Way Podcast, where our theme is 10 minutes of healing the right way. On this program, we'll interview folks who have been through some pain, like my beautiful Foss youth, and who have turned that pain into power. To learn more about our organization and our mission, please visit our website at therightwayfoundation.org. Hello, folks. Franco Vega here, back with Right Way Podcast, where you know our theme is 10 minutes of healing the right way. I have an awesome guest uh, in the building. Goes by the name of Candy. Candy is a former foster youth out of the state of Florida. Uh, and I'm just excited about this interview because uh, I want to hear her pain to power. She's successful in doing it in Hollywood right now. So let's welcome Candy. How are you doing? Candy? How you doing? It's very, uh, I'm very, very happy to be here. Well, we're happy to have you i'm glad our producer found you um this is awesome i I don't want to kill it for the audience i want you to tell your story but i was just excited to hear you say i'm a former foster youth and that's probably uh something that i'm the most proud of is to be able to say that and i'm I'm shocked for my audience my eyebrows are rising because a lot of folks don't talk about the foster care system actors eddie murphy and folks like those and i don't understand why i do I do. I do. I understand. I think it's because for so long Mm -hmm. we were judged because of that, Mm -hmm. you know, and I think that it's easier to have a happy, happy story or a happy ending than it is to say that you came from something that was traumatic because stereotypically, you know, especially being in Hollywood, Uh I think most people are judged, you know, and you don't want to be just another stereotype in Hollywood, especially being a black man or being a black woman, Uh you know, because getting into these rooms isn't always easy. You know, there's so much that we have to prove. So, so uh, who wants to be attached to that negative narrative, you know? Well, see, I look at it. I hear you. I look at it a little bit different because I've been doing this work since 95 and I'm an orphan myself. Mm-hmm. And in my opinion, foster you for the best. I agree. Once you get them on your side, my youth are loyal, like gang members to each yeah. other, you know? And so that's why I get mad because I want more. I want more professional athletes, uh, movie stars to share their story so yeah. our kids will know they're not alone. I agree. Know? Let's pretend like if LeBron was in the foster care system, come out and say it, you know? Exactly. You know? Uh, it's about changing the narrative. Correct, correct, correct. And I tell people all the time, once you work with foster youth and you get them to believe in your program and you show them that you're trustworthy, sky's the limit, you know? I agree. So, Candy, what are you doing today? Well, um, you know, uh, in terms of what do I do for my career? Yes, 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 yes. Uh, well, I'm proud to say that I am a TV producer, host, and actress. Um, And I actually started to develop creative ideas when I was in foster care. You know, I use that as like an outlet Mm -hmm. to express myself and to step outside of those walls that I felt like were boxing me in. Correct. We do some uh, theater training with our youth, and they have the best stories. Mm -hmm. They have the best stories. They have Stephen King has nothing on our kids. Nothing. 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 Uh, I just try to tell my youth because every time we run a program and we were on one with kids in spotlight it's always drama and i'm like give me some comedy because i I know there's some funny stories out there oh my gosh so many funny stories especially growing up in foster care what exactly yeah yeah they like the cabinet on you 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 can't eat cereal fruit loops anytime you want to what kind of junk is that right right so how did you get into the foster care system well uh as you mentioned Mm -hmm. i started out in foster care in florida Mm -hmm. um my father was 25 years older than my mom, mm-hmm. uh, African-American, Southern, a man from Georgia. And my mother um, was, like I said, eight, 
25 years uh, younger than him and she was 18 years old when she met him and she was just this little white girl uh, in the trailer parks. (laughs) So just imagine, um, you know, the racism Mm -hmm. that he probably experienced because Mm -hmm. her family didn't necessarily like black people, you know, and and being that she came from poverty herself, you know, she experienced a lot of trauma, uh, so much trauma that she developed schizophrenia. So, um, you know, I, I grew up seeing my mother flip out and have episodes and, you know, my father, he sold drugs, you know, so at the time, um, I think I was about seven years old. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was just four of us. Mm-hmm. And um, we were known as the dirty kids at my school. Um, you know, nobody wanted to sit by us on the bus or, or talk to us in school. We were literally like the school outcast because everybody thought we were homeless. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it was it wasn't easy. You know, my father was very he had a, he had a temper. Um, so on top of us missing days at a time, you know, from school and being poor, um, we were also abused. So um, one day I went to school and there was somebody in the office. I think at the time it was called HRS. Mm -hmm. And they were just like, yeah, we're here to take you away from your family. And it was just like, even though things were hard and they were rough for us, we still loved each other. So I didn't I didn't understand, like, why did they have to take us away? Because we didn't know we were poor. We just knew we had each other. You know, let me clarify. You got taken away from pop because due to poverty, due to due to poverty. Uh, and, And of course, we were missing so many days. Out of school, correct, correct. Um, and my mother was schizophrenic, so that had a lot to do mm-hmm. with it. My mother had episodes a lot. Um, people knew about it, and they felt like it was a very unsafe environment. Um, in, in, in your opinion, you were better off staying at home. You think? I thought because my mom told me she loved me, you know. And correct. Once I went into foster care, I didn't, I didn't hear that anymore. I didn't have anybody telling me that they loved me, you know, or, or giving me hugs, you know. Like, even though she had her issues, like she was still the best mother that she knew how to be. Wow. So. Wow. So seven years old, you go into foster care. They probably separated you guys or all of yeah. you guys. Okay. And how was that experience? Oh my God. It was a whole thing, you know? So I have two older brothers. I'm the third. And then at the time I had a brother that was one, one years old mm-hmm. and, uh, my oldest brother, he's all white. You know, me and him, we took it okay. But my second oldest brother, he had, he was he was the the more aggressive one out of out of the four at the time. And you know, he ran away, got into a fight with the police. He, I remember he's like nine years old, and so they ended up putting him into a mental facility because of it. Which I think that children have the right to express themselves. Correct. You know what I'm saying? Yes. You can't just come in and say I'm gonna take you from your parents Correct. and expect a kid to not act out. Correct. You know, like they're gonna ask questions. First of all, they don't know you. So who you think you are coming in and saying, I'm going to take you like so. Yeah. So initially it was me and my oldest brother in the same home. My baby brother went to a different home and then my second oldest brother went to a mental facility. (laughs) So uh, how many homes are you in? Did you I hope you just stayed in one home? Well, I stayed in one home, but it wasn't the best experience. You know, Um, I stayed in a home with a woman that had four children that she didn't necessarily explain to the four kids why she was getting foster kids. So um, it was very uh, mentally and physically abusive. It was actually worse living in the foster home that it was living with my biological parents. Um, There was a lot of colorism within my home as well. Um, I experienced 
abuse, uh, molestation. Um, and my foster parent, she kind of like played mental games with us because, you know, as, as you know, most foster youth arrive, you know, to their home with their stuff in a garbage bag. Correct. And she would sometimes, um, you know, when we got in trouble, she would sometimes make us stand by a door and put our stuff in a garbage bag and wait for somebody to come get us. So it was just, it was a, it was a mental game, you know, where to the point where it's just like, okay, well, maybe the next home w- would be worse. And, and it was like, even though I wanted to leave, I couldn't get myself to do it because I didn't know what I would experience on the other side of that door. Correct. So I stayed in the home until I was, until I went off to college. Wow. What college did you attend? Uh, University of Central Florida. Awesome. Wow. But that's your foster. Oh, you yeah. Know, as a county commissioner. You know, when I hear these stories, I can't stand these people. You know, you have folks out there that want to promote foster parents and adoption. And my philosophy is fix the family. Fix the family. Fix the family. 100%. My audience knows I was beaten like a dog by my mom until the day she died. And I was an orphan saved by an African-American family. But the PTSD from what my mom Mm. did to me is still here. My mom never told me she loved me at all, you know. And no one asked my mom. And then come to find out, she grew up in an orphanage in Central America, Honduras. Wow. So guess what she went through? So I know it was passed down. It wasn't her. Yeah. You know, it's what she went through. Fix the family. Fix the family. You know what's so interesting? Mm-hmm. That just reminded me of a conversation that I had with someone a few months ago. And uh, she was telling me, she said, the anger that you have isn't yours. You're right. You yeah. know, and when I heard that, I was yeah. like, wow, that's so true. Yeah. And when I think about where it comes from, it's just generations of generations of anger and trauma that just keeps being passed down but I've decided that it ends with me correct so audience she dropped a jewel right there the (laughs) anger that you have isn't yours we use the phrase that uh, you can't control the person that caused the pain but you can't control your healing Mm, you know come on you know wow so how'd you get over all this how are you Miss Candy and we need to laugh at your students at your school that laughed at you because you was dirty you know but you know what it's interesting because I believe that art is therapy mm-hmm. and uh, I have to credit God like mm-hmm. God there are so many situations in my life that I'm like yo that wasn't me that was all him like I couldn't even control I don't even understand how it happened the way that it did it's just like yo it's nobody but God um, but then also I think that finding ways to creatively express myself when I was in 11th grade I had this composition book Um, because I felt like the things that I saw on television didn't reflect my narrative. It didn't reflect my reality. So I would literally just sit there in my room because I wasn't allowed to go anywhere and do anything for whatever reason that she had. And I would come up with these creative ideas Mm -hmm. and I pretended like I was a a teen talk show host. And um, I would come up with these ideas and these shows and I didn't know that that was the seed that was planted for me to want to be a TV host. And I, I majored uh, in radio and television at the University of Central Florida. Awesome. You know, um, from there, uh, I got a job working at Disney because Disney World was in Orlando. And okay. I was like, OK, well, my next step is getting a job at Radio Disney and okay, I'll okay. be a host 
there. But God had a different plan for me. Um, within six months of working for the company, because I was always just this bold person, I, I felt like the person that I was when I was in foster care, I had to go even harder and be her when I stepped out of that home. Like wow. I was so quiet and, and, and timid when I was in foster care because of the abuse that I was experiencing. But I decided that I was going to start my life when I got out of there. So I moved out a month after I turned 18 in Florida, a foster youth get a free ride to go to college. So I took advantage of that. Awesome. And um, to go back to Disney, um, there was a program called uh, Disney Dreamers Academy with, with Steve Harvey. Mm-hmm. And um, at the orientation for the event, I walked up to the woman that was in charge of the entire program. And I said, hey, you know, I grew up in the foster care system. I do a lot of motivational speaking. I'm young. And I feel like I could really relate to these high school students for this program. Mm-hmm. She said, OK, cool. Um, there's somebody that I want to introduce you to. She ended up introducing me to Steve Harvey and his manager. Whoa. And I told myself that I was not going to leave there. When the program happened, I was not going to leave there until I got his manager's email. I emailed this man every Monday for three months until he responded. He finally responded to me. And I worked for the Steve Harvey Morning Show for a year and a half for free. When Trayvon Martin was killed in Orlando, it was 15 minutes up the street from where I lived. I was on the ground interviewing people, getting footage. I was Mm -hmm. at all of the rallies. Mm -hmm. So when they talked about it on the morning show, they sent people to look at my footage that I took, which was amazing. And, you know, just to even have that perspective. And then... um, when an opportunity opened up to get a job working for the Steve Harvey Morning Show, they called me because I had put in all that work, work and I had done awesome. everything and it felt like it was just like a dream come true. But I didn't know that that was the beginning of something phenomenal. Um, I was the very first correspondent mm-hmm. to work for the Steve Harvey Morning Show. I created that opportunity. So my dream of being a talk show host was coming to life. Um, I was also the pro- uh, the promotions director for the entire morning show Steve Harvey brand, you know, and just to learn from him and his manager, Rashawn McDonald, their work ethic and, you know, like time management is everything. Mm -hmm. And that instilled so much in me. It made me the beast that I am today, you Mm -hmm. know, and even in working for the morning show, I helped develop, you know, some of the and produce some of the shows that were on air for the morning show and even come up with like TV shows and ideas. And uh, in my fourth year working there, they came to me and they said, Candy, you're so talented as a host. We think you should take your talents to L.A. And I did. And that was six years ago. And um, since then, I've hosted hosted on on camera for the real i i did a movie in 2018 called instant family with mark Wahlberg and yeah. octavia spencer yeah, yeah, i was cool. in that film um i was the nurse in in the film when he ran in for the hospital scene okay. That's yeah, yeah. Me, okay, okay. which was dope because yeah. it was an entire like one what is it 180 experience yeah, yeah correct, correct because it was just like i was the only actress in the film that actually grew up in foster correct. care you know yeah. um so it was it was amazing and then i just started to bet on myself and in hollywood you can't just be you can't have one disciplinary you mm-hmm. have to be able to throw yourself into multiple things and um, I just started to create the opportunities that I wanted which were TV shows and it's crazy because that seed was planted when I was in 11th grade in foster care and it's just like man like I see how God did that and I sold my first show in 2019 I partnered with Mark Wahlberg and we sold it to Oprah and uh, that was one of the most amazing experiences of my life because it was just like I looked at them as giants, but it made me realize that I was a giant too. 
Correct. And ever since then, I've I've been pitching shows and producing, and um, I have you know mentors in the business that are other Black women, mm-hmm. and um, I'm working on one of the biggest projects of my career right now. Uh, that's focused around Rosa Parks and a man that meant a lot to her. And uh, I, I've I've got like six different TV shows that I'm pitching right now, you know. So like. And I still do a lot with foster care. I sit on three different board of directors for di- three different nonprofits for for foster youth. Um, I travel around nationally and I speak um, to let foster youth know that like where you come from does not dictate where you're going. Wow. This is an awesome interview. I know we went over for our pain, 10 minutes of pain and power, but we couldn't cut off Miss Candy. You know, the jewel. She kept believing in God. Uh, she didn't let her circumstance tire down. You know, she was persistent. Gotta be. For three months, uh, every Monday, I would have put in a box, stalker, stop it, you know, but uh, <laughs> awesome. But wow, you're living yeah. proof. We will have you back, I promise. You need to come talk to our young ladies um, uh, and spread some of the wisdom and the seeds uh, because they need to hear the story. Thank you know, you. they need to hear the story. Uh, we heard about you getting bullied in school. Our girls get bullied in school. You yeah. know, we heard about the the sexual molestation and I hate that with a passion I don't understand why we don't have the death sentence for these people who do this Come on. but I guess the men that run this world are doing it themselves that's my belief but uh, yeah I want to thank everyone for tuning in this is an awesome show with Miss Candy and be on the lookout for her Rosa Parks film soon uh, but thank you guys and please we'll have another guest next week remember Right Way Foundation podcast paying the power peace we're out tuning into the right way podcast 10 minutes of healing the right way and we invite you to come back every week read more about us and our mission at the rightwayfoundation.org